Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and uh, it is turning to that uh, that fall thing a little bit. I can't believe it's August 25th. Time, where has it gone? It has flown by this summer, so-called summer. Um, we didn't really have much summer this year, so I guess the all the carbon taxes that we're paying is working. Everything's cooling off, so... Thank God they're looking after us. <laughs> We'd be in trouble. So just kidding. Anyways, all kinds of things going on in the garden that you can pay attention to out there. Um, great time to look at your trees and shrubs, any dead, damaged, disease branches. Get that stuff cleaned up before winter. Um, looking for any black knot on any of your Schubert's, things like that. Um, good time to book in your arborist, get them a, a shout for the winter or for, for fall pruning. And uh, just have a look at the overall health of your trees and shrubs. It's been a, a different year because sometimes when you have a rainier season, the weather, um, and especially in newly planted trees and shrubs, you tend not to water as much. But the rain doesn't always get down into the ground enough for your newly planted trees and shrubs. So please ensure that you are watering your trees and shrubs um, still at the root, doing that slow, deep watering that we talk about. Um, it does make all the difference. And uh, in your first year when you plant your trees and shrubs, you might get a little bit of transplant shock. They maybe lose a few leaves there. But believe me, they're not dead. Um, no matter where you got them at any of the garden centers and stuff like that, they just typically go through a little bit of shock, but the main thing you can do for them is ensure that they're getting that slow, deep watering. Um, typically twice a week is is enough. If there's smaller one or two gallon pots, you might have to do it three or four times a week, depending on, on the heat and the exposure. But if you're planting those big caliper trees, the 15 gallon, slow, deep watering a good couple times a week. Um, those tree bags are phenomenal for your trees and shrubs. Um, just fill it up, it just slowly soaks in, percolates down into the ground, and you're not wasting any water if you're planting a lot of trees at one time. Um, a drip system is great. Um, putting out like a half-inch hose, and then you put an emitter at each tree, um, and we're always more than happy to help people out with that. You can come out to the garden center and see how we have we have six or 700 trees that we water at one time, just slow drip into them, ensuring that the water doesn't get wasted because it is a valuable resource and we don't want to waste it. A couple other things I'm just noticing around uh, town is just um, aphids have uh, taken a resurgence on some of the the growth on the trees and shrubs around Calgary this time. They still have that last bit of new growth that is spit out of our trees and shrubs from the summer heat and the aphids. So you you can give those a spray with the pure spray green, um, get your hose out, just give them a uni nozzle spray as well. That will work. All kinds of fun stuff. So anyways, if you have any questions you'd like to join me today, i got a couple people on the line already. Um, you can call me at 403-974-8255, and that is the talk and text line. You can also send me pictures and uh, as well to that number. That's 403-974-8255, and that is the talk and text. If you're from out of town, one 800 5637770 that would be awesome and and sorry and i got a quick question sorry have i been wondering what a caliper tree is versus a a regular tree a caliper tree 
is the size of the trunk. I guess it's more of a bald and burlap tree. Um, so we call a pot of trees and shrubs. That typically goes from a two-gallon all the way up to a typically a 20-gallon tree. Um, typically shrubs don't come the biggest shrub. Typically comes in a 10-gallon. So those are all potted. And when you get into caliper, they typically start around the 50 mil and up to usually 110, 120 mil. And that is in a bald and burlap basket. And we measure just an inch or so up from the ground. We measure the caliper of the trunk and they're sold that way. Um, so that is a caliper tree, just sort of, I guess. I've always tried to figure out the proper wording. I guess uh, I guess we could call them mature trees. That If you're buying a mature tree in a basket, bald and burlap, wire basket. But uh, we've always just, yeah, they've sort of caliper tree. So hope that helps. And let's go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Lauren. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning. How can I help you? How are you today? Good, good. How are you? Pretty good, thank you. Uh, I'm on an acreage about 10 minutes south of your boosted up there. And we got three mature, lots of trees. We got three mature, those little Maydays, the ones that are green and then they turn purple. Yeah, that would be a Schubert choke cherry. Schubert, Schubert choke cherry. Yeah, Schubert, yeah. Well, two of them are healthy as the Dickens. Yeah. And the one in the back, last last couple of years, it's been leafing out less and leafing out less. This year, it's only got about probably half the leaves on it. Yeah, they're all you, healthy, but there there's not much dead. Yeah, have you have you noticed any black knots on any of the branching? No, there hasn't. I've uh, I trim it off twice a year in the spring and in the yeah. fall. But there's not very much on this one. He okay. hasn't been ridden with it at all. I trimmed. I got it out of there about oh three years ago. Okay. And uh, there hasn't been very much come back at all. I don't think I cut out any last year. Is it in a higher spot or sort of? No, it's not. It's uh, okay. a bunch of evergreens all around it, and it's, they've been there for 20 years or better. Okay. If there's lots of evergreens around it, too, that could be part of the problem, is that evergreens are um, sort of the, they, they take over everything, right? And they mm-hmm. take all the nourishment and moisture out of the ground. Like, they're... They're uh, the gluttons of the of the tree, and because they're right, because their roots are right at the surface. Okay. So they, if the, if you have other ones close by, typically they will suffer more. So if they're closer, they are to the spruce trees because the spruce trees do, like I said, they they take over and they will okay. take a lot. Of, so you might want to just make sure that that one's put a soaker hose around that May Day in particular, and you could do all your trees, but put a soaker hose around it and. And ensure that it's getting a good blast of, of water around the drip line of that. And also a product called Rage Plus. Yeah, how often? Um, on a big tree like that with the spruce, you can probably, just to get some water in it for, to go, especially going into winter, I would give it at least once a week, sort of that four or five hours, mm-hmm. um, just all the way around the drip line. Just let it soak in slow and deep. And mm-hmm. just those sweating hoses so you're not wasting any water. It just goes right into the tree roots. Right. And then next spring, start on it right away. Like as soon as it's before it leaves out, when you just see the bud starting to swell, mm-hmm. ensure that you're watering because that's when it needs the moisture because it's going to start leafing out. So what happened last year is probably it, it went to leaf out. It just didn't have enough moisture in the root system. Mm-hmm. So it, it puts in its own natural defense mechanism, and it won't send out as many leaves. It only, it'll only send out what it can afford in moisture, right? Because okay. otherwise it knows, hey, if I make my really big full leaves, I don't have enough to sustain that. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. 
Okay, I'll do that. Yeah, that's what, if it looks healthy and you don't have much of the black done, you're cutting it out. Yeah. Um, and when you said you're near the spruce trees, I'd almost guarantee that's it because they're pretty a durable tree for the most part. Mm-hmm. I don't bring them in, them and shoot, or maydays anymore. I, I will for special order, but... I just, I don't like bringing them in it just because that black knot all over the city. I just yeah. find people are going to get it. It's rampant all over yeah, the Yeah, and I just don't want to set people up for failure. And yeah. I know in a lot of the newer communities and things like that, because they're, they're cheap right now, I can get them really cheap yeah. because there's lots available. And I just don't want to sell them because I just, like, same thing with birch. I don't sell a lot of birch anymore, unfortunately, just because that birch leaf miner. Yeah. Is, is yeah. taken over, and I see, like, I live in Cranston and Riverstone, and they planted a whole bunch of birch, and they're almost all dead already, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they don't last. No, and I, I just feel bad because they're, it's expensive. It's the labor and everything yeah, else. But they're readily available because lots of growers have them still, but they're cheap, right? Yeah, like and, a cedar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, go to Kelowna. They're yeah. awesome. It, or but, Regina. <laughs> yeah, it, no, it's so, and that is weird. Like, in Kelowna, they don't get, like, the, they don't get the black knot, right? And you'll see beautiful Schubert in certain areas and then for some reason in Calgary we have the perfect storm I, I, I think with a lot of the native choke cherries around our riverbeds and creeks and stuff yeah um, that's where the black nut comes from and then the, it's same it's from the same prunus family so yeah <laughs> unfortunately that's how that goes okay how often would you recommend putting that rage plus in um to, to get it back in right now I would give it a shot again every time you water give it a couple buckets of that okay just to just to revitalize yeah. it get the tissue going again and then for next spring you're gonna rebuild the inners of that tree okay and then give it a good shot and then it should just take off for you good hope we can revive them again awesome I hope good. so let Glad me know how it goes thanks Lauren thanks bye-bye bye yeah, those ones, it's a tough one, and, and a lot of trees, and we got to realize that Mother Nature's pretty smart, and a lot of the big trees that we have in Calgary, we see them dying from the top, or and that, it's a lot of times it's mainly not enough water, it's just because the tree knows I, I, I don't, I can't sustain all that foliage up top, it only sends out enough what moisture it has, so uh, just keep that in mind. And uh, and go from there. And here I just got another one. Top half of a river birch dead this year. Panorama Hills gourd. Yeah, I would just prune that off. Depends how bad. If it's been dry all all spring, summer, it's probably gone. Um, we have revived some of them. If you catch it early enough with the Rage Plus, it pushes life back into the birch. Um, but again, just make sure you're doing that slow deep watering going into fall and winter right up to freeze up, and then uh, sort of that once or twice. Um, every two weeks or so, give it a slow, deep watering for your bigger trees in Calgary. It's just, it's been so dry, and then we get those flash rains. It just comes in, it rolls off our, our soil. It doesn't soak in. We've had a couple good soaking rains this year, like where it just rains all day and kind of slopes in nicely. Um, but, uh, again, typically we don't. So, anyways, where are we at time for? Actually, I'll probably just take a break, Gord. Does that work? You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's largest full-service garden center. Everything you need indoors and out. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. All right. Let's go to the phone. Actually, I'm going to answer a quick text. Last year, I planted some tulips and big outdoor planters, but none of them came up this spring. The ones I planted in the ground did fine, but I would like to try again 
for some containers. Would I better luck just keep the bulbs in the garage or fridge and then plant them out? The biggest thing, and um, if, you, if you're going to try them in planters, um, typically what you need to get the soil uh, moist, not wet, and I would plant them, I'd wait until close to freezing as possible, like this, I'd wait until the end of October sort of thing, and then I'd plant them in there, make sure the soil is fairly moist, and I'd cover it really good with mulch, and then just sort of water it in fairly good at that point, it's not wet, but give it a good watering, and try and keep it in the shadiest location you can. Um, the problem is, is if you have your container sitting out, typically the soil dries out, and the bulb just sits in there and then des- desiccates because you only have it down six inches in the top of the soil. In Edmonton and other areas where they don't get the Chinooks, you can grow things in containers throughout the winter a lot easier um, just because they it stays colder there, frozen. Our Chinooks, which we all love, are the worst thing for our trees and shrubs, as I've mentioned, um, just that winter desiccation. That's why I try to push the, the fall-winter watering up until fall, up until early winter, just to ensure that we have enough moisture to and keep the ground frozen. Similar thing with the bulbs. So, because we are getting close, I think our bulbs are arriving next week or this week coming up. Um, so it is getting into bulb time. So that would be my thing. Is this, if you are going to try my big planters, is just put them uh, again in the shadiest spot possible and wait till later, like end of mid October, depending on what the weather's doing. Plant them in there, keep them in a cool, dark place or a, or a shadiest spot so it doesn't heat up. And then bring them out in the sun early spring. As soon as it starts uh, getting a little bit warmer, sort of that beginning of April, move them out, give them a good watering at that point, and uh, hopefully that should help. Also, yeah, and how to get raspberries. And he said how to get raspberries for winter so there's more fruit next year. Yes, um, at this time of year, at the end of the of the season, you can, or even throughout the season, you can prune out last year's wood. So you go through and you look at the different colors of wood of your canes, and you'll see brown and sort of more green ones. Prune out all the brown ones at this time of year, and then next spring, all the energy will go into new stock and the and producing fruit on that second year wood and not the third year wood. So you need to prune all that out, and that will definitely help. And push them with... Um, a 15, 30, 15, um, you can give them a shot of that late fall here. And then again, early spring, you can give them a shot of the 15, 30, 15, and that will definitely help get them going. And right now I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Carol. Good morning, Carol. Oh, hi. Um, I just discovered that I have scale on my very nice Gatoni Aster hedge, which is years and years old and yep. about five feet high. Oh. <laughs> no, don't tell me I have to cut it right down. <laughs> well, depends how bad it is. Um, it can be treated with with a with a spray like with the pure spray green. How long is it? A big hedge, like long, like a hundred feet or? No, it's about twenty feet. Yeah, so you can. Are you starting to see lots of death in it? No. Okay. Yeah. So right, you can. Um, you can get it sprayed like with the pure spray green, or you can do it yourself with that. Uh, again, it's next spring. It's just, it's hard once the scale's on there. You have to try and get it next spring, sort of about June, mid-June, sort of typically when the hatch is, and then you spray it at that time with the pure spray green. Um, cut out any of the really bad stuff right now. If you are getting any death on it, just you can prune that out. But if it gets bad, 
I would just recommend, especially if it's an older hedge, <laughs> just take it right down to the ground. But you'll be amazed at how fast it, it comes back up. Like, if you do it, if you cut it back in early spring, like, before it leaves out, like, like in March or something like that, um, you'll be amazed at how, how fast, like, you'll get two or three feet of growth in the first year. So... Mm. It, sometimes it, it's good to do it, especially if it's quite an old hedge. It's just called rejuvenation. And most people that do it, it's a little bit scary at first. But once you do it, you just sort of see all that nice new growth. And it, and it's uh, it's worth it. All right? Uh, so don't cut it down now. Um, I, I like to wait now if it's not in that bad a shape. Because then all the energy from the leaves and everything go back into the root system. Let it go dormant. And then next spring give it the spray because then or cut it back like i said march and because at that time all the energy is sitting in the root system and it goes all into new growth that's good okay. does that sound good yeah so you said cut it back in march yep yeah march before it leaves out so okay awesome okay thank you all right thanks and if you need some help you can call our arborist team like print up mark can come out and give you some advice on that too he and they can set up on a spray program we do do the the spray for the scale okay all right that's good thank you very much thank you bye-bye bye-bye all right and right now we're gonna go down i'm gonna cruise all the way down to high river and see what's going on with mary Bye-bye. good morning mary well good morning sir. how are you I'm well. Nice. Anyway, just a shout out to your tree planters. Yes. Brandon and Silas. Silas, yeah. What Brandon. a good job they did. Those guys they work hard, were eh? in there with pickaxes. <laughs> pickaxes. Uh, uh, you know what, Mary? Because it's... something had broken down. They couldn't dig the hole. They were in with pickaxes. Putting that big courageous crab in, it's wonderful. Awesome. I've got the canaries, the wild canaries, the finches. Yeah. They're running in and out of here. They love it. Awesome. And it's really, really a nice tree. Yeah, those are gorgeous. Yeah. And so I have one thing to ask you. Yeah. Okay. Hanging strawberries. Yeah. Now, they were really good yeah. to start with, but ooh. They're so sour. Um, the only thing... What, what's wrong with What them? size of pot did you have in? Oh, huge. Okay. Well, that's yeah, a good I thing. Yeah, I only put four plants in, and yeah. they were really good to start with. But, gee, they're just like little sour. Yeah, the only thing I can crabs. say is if maybe leave them on a little bit longer and pick them in the morning, like when it's cooler. Yeah. Um, I find you get more sugar content and they become a little sweeter at that time if you pick your fruit. <laughs> you know, like I know it sounds weird, but you know, if you pick a tomato and your apples in the mornings, yeah. like early morning, get out there and pick them, they just taste that much better. They seem to have the the sugar content up. Oh, okay. Well, I've been, I've been eating uh, uh, beautiful tomatoes and bacon sandwiches. Oh, nice. Oh, my God, they're good. Anyway. All right. Thanks, Mary. Thanks a million. Thank you. Talk okay, to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Great to hear from Mary and everything going on. And here we have Grandpa used to cover his strawberries with straw during the winter. Is this a sensible practice for new plants? It is. Um, the only thing is sometimes I would probably use <clears throat> more of a, I, we got a hemp product or 
Uh, you could use cocoa moss, something like that, something that you can just work into the soil so you don't have to clean it up. So this way you're sort of killing two birds with one stone. You're, you're giving them protection, and then you're also going to amend the soil. So with any of your perennials and things like that, the straw, it's just because you have to clean it out, and, it, and it's just you kind of end up just having to throw it away after. So I, I like to do any of my covering with a product that you might as well be able to work right into the soil. So that's what I would recommend is, like, we have a really good hemp product called Hemp Sense. You can use that as a mulch. Or we have the cocoa moss works really really well, and uh, and go for there. And well, actually here we have, we just had here another question. Good morning, Marlo. What do you suggest as a good mulch for over in strawberry? Oh, this was the same question or same person, I believe. Uh, actually, it wasn't. So anyway, so hopefully that I got both people at the same time on two separate texts, and uh, that should definitely help out. When I come back, we're going to chat with Chris in the tree lot. We'll see what's hot down there at Spruce It Up. And right now, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons, and I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with Chris, and we're going to see what's going on down there in that tree lot there. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. What's good. What's happening in the tree lot? Well, the good news, or the bad news is that uh, summer is coming quickly to an end. Yeah. But with that, we get our sales going on. So we have started in our tree lot sales as of yesterday. Buy one, get one 50% off. Nice. Yeah. That's a good so, deal. Yeah. And I noticed yesterday the the colors, they always change quicker in the containers and the basketed trees than what you're seeing out. Um, so the, the colors are starting to change already. We're getting yeah. some gorgeous reds and oranges in our maples and yeah. and uh, the Ohio yeah. Buckeye should start changing pretty soon. So Yeah, we got a lot of reds and oranges going on. The crabs are starting to turn a bit of the orange color as well. So, yeah. Fall is coming for sure. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, but if someone's looking for a, like a good tree, um, what do you, what do you kind of recommending right now? Uh, well, we have lots of the ornamental crabs. Yeah. Um, and uh, ornamental means again that you don't have the messy fruit that um, most people associate with crab apples. Yeah. So we have uh, lots. We have the lots of purple leafed ones, the macamic and the pink spires and the royalty are all uh, purple leaf with uh, an abundance of pink flowers in the spring. Um, and then we have our white our white group, which is our starlight and our spring snow crab. And, uh, yeah, so it's a matter of just picking the, the kind of colors that you like and going from there. And I, and we do have some, in, they have them in the larger pots, which is kind of nice. You get a mature tree without having the heavy, heavy basket. Yeah, and, and you can also install it and deliver it yourself as opposed to having to get someone to do it for you. Yeah. So they're quite, they're quite big. They're almost, you know, some of them are almost... 40, 40 mils as far as their their caliper size going, so you're already looking at a good 10, 12, 15 feet for some of them. Yeah, so you're getting almost yeah. a, a close to a mature tree just yeah. starting off. Not having to wait. <laughs> no, yeah. and I know we, we were talking yesterday about um, just watering and shearing when people, even in this rain, like we had a little bit of rain last night, so people think, oh, I don't need to water yeah. my trees. You still yeah. need to get out there. Um, put the hose on it, um, slow, deep watering, sort of All twice a time. week. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and that, I mean, trees go into shock, of course, when you first plant them regardless. Yeah. And so people uh, need, you know, need not to panic and think that it's dying. We just need to give them a little bit of time to get themselves established so they can perform uh, to their perfection. 
Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. All right, Chris. Well, thanks for calling in, and okay. uh, have a great day. Have yeah. a great day down there in the tree. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Bye bye. All right. <laughs> Where are we at for time? Still got some time. I'm going to go to Elizabeth, and we're going to talk about Swedish columnar aspens. Good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning. How can we help you? I have uh, six Swedish apple uh, aspen trees. Okay. One tree, the north side of the tree, the leaves are yellow, and the south side, the trees are green. I have had them <laughs> for aphids and fertilized. Yeah. I have underground sprinklers around the drip line, so they get lots of water. But I notice this yellowing is starting to spread to some of my other trees. Yeah, um, it could be that thing called fall as well. Like, are, how old are the trees? Uh, like, when were they planted? Well, uh, three of them are um, ten years old, and the other three are about six years old. Mm -hmm. um, trees are starting to change color um, at this time of year. And uh, so, if if it's is it is it chlorotic looking or just yellow? Like what I mean by chlorotic, does when you look at it, or is the leaf yellow and but the veins are still really green looking? Like does it look like a pale green or is it just turning fall yellow? No, it's yellow, and and it starts in the spring when the leaves come out. Okay, so when they first come out, they sh they all come out as a copper color, and that's that's always quite normal. Are you able to text a picture to me? To the same phone number, are you able to text a, a picture of them, and then I can maybe have a closer look? Hey, I'm 84 years old. Oh, okay. Sorry, age. I have no idea about texting. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, um, I, I can get a friend to do it for you. Yeah, me. that would be helpful if you could. Um, and if they could send that, if you can get it today by 11 would be great. If not, send it to me next week. Okay. Um, but I, I just think it, it, it could be somewhat of a normal... Um, um, thing doing is make just make sure you're doing the slow deep watering as well. Yes. Um, and sometimes the irrigation system isn't enough because it just waters the top couple inches. Like it's great for sod and certain things, but some of the bigger trees, as they get bigger, they need that soaker hose and this that slower deep watering, especially as the aspens get taller and taller. Oh God, yes, these things are about sixty feet. Tall. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would think they might need a little extra water. Okay. What is uh, your for texting. The same phone number you phoned in, 403-974-8255. Okay, very good. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. Uh, it, it's amazing how uh, how the technology, I think, even like um, this with texting and all that, how we can send pictures to whoever and this and that. It's so, uh, so simple. I just got my... Uh, I have a 1968 F100 and uh, just got it repainted and I got my new rims on it and everything. And I was driving with my son and I'm like, this is a truck that you have to drive. Like I'm used to driving my Tundra, but this truck you have to drive because it, it's, you have to steer it. it. It wobbles a little bit. It, it, it doesn't start. It doesn't have the fuel injection. You have to pump the gas a couple of times. So it, 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 it's, it's, it, yeah, you have to gorge doing the steering. Absolutely. You, it's all metal, but it's, I'm enjoying it. It's just because you have to drive and it's not just sitting in there and you're sort of just a co-pilot. This one, you're actually the pilot of that truck. And uh, so I'm having some fun with my, uh, my old 68. And right now I'm going to take a quick break. And uh, when we get back, we'll hit the phone lines. We got Eleanor, Bill, Irene, and Paul. And then whoever else calls in, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I got a quick text here. Hey, Merle, what is the best time? When is the best time to prune my mountain ash? Um, for most trees, you can prune them somewhat any time of the year, um, but you have to have the reason why you're pruning. Um, dead, damaged, disease branching should be removed. Elm trees, you cannot prune from, I believe it's April until the end of October. Um, maple and birch only can be pruned typically in the summertime when they're fully leafed out. If you prune in the winter, you'll get uh, bleeding on them. So it, unless it's dead, damaged, or diseased, then you can remove it. Um, so really, for the most part, and and she's asking about her mountain ash, and this is Cindy. Uh, they don't like a lot of pruning because you're opening up wounds, and they like a cool trunk. They like it nice and thick. The only time I remove stuff is um, crisscrossing branches if they're rubbing, things like that. Other than that, like I, I leave the mountain ash to let them get fairly thick. They 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 prefer that. Um, if you're not quite sure, and just be careful with the mountain ash because wrong pruning. I've seen it done to them. It, it opens up the wounds and the disease gets into them quite easily. So just um, yeah, just make sure you, you can only cut once. You can't glue them back on. So just be careful on any of your pruning. You're making the decision, and if you're not too sure, give a certified arborist a call and. Uh, I know Mark and our team actually, and hopefully Mark's going to call in. We have our guys down in uh, Lethbridge this or Medicine Hat this weekend. They're at the ISA climbing competition, and uh, we sponsored the emergency rescue climb. And so the boys are all down there and uh, participating in the in the competition and uh, and having a good time and networking with the uh, ISA guys. So we're proud to be part of that group now as well. So uh, hopefully everyone had a good time down there, all the arborists in Alberta, and and, uh, are, and, and hopefully Mark's going to give us a shout and fill us in what's how it went down there. So right now we're going to go to Eleanor. Good morning, Eleanor. Good morning. So you're lucky you get to grow Brandon Cedars in Medicine Hat. This will be my third attempt. Oh, uh oh. <laughs> I've three, this is my third year that I don't, that I've dug them up and yeah. thrown them away. Yeah. So I would like to know when should I plant? I would plant them early, like first thing in the spring, oh. like sort of May, June sort of thing is okay. the best. I'm okay. getting rooted in nicely. Um, mulch them, and they do need that extra water, and especially the watering in going into fall, okay. fall and winter, um, because the, if the soil gets dry, um, they just desiccate, and oh. and and that's the problem. Like Saskatoon, they grow medicine. I see quite a few cedars down there, but again, just making sure you get the good hardy varieties as well. Okay. Um, do you have any? Um, like the Brandon is good. The Technia. There's a couple other. The Emerald one is decent. Um, just be careful, and I know some of the boxers bring in some of the cheaper varieties, and they just they're not hardy for our area. Uh -huh. So if you're getting it from uh, from a garden center down there, I think Medicine Hat. You have the blondies there. Is that in Medicine yeah. Hat? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so check them out. Um, I got to meet them the other day. They were in town for a concert, and mm -hmm. uh, they came for a little tour of our garden center. So it was nice to nice to meet them. Yes. Um, but I would I'd go see what they have. But I'd wait till if you're having issues, um, wait till next spring. And there's other alternatives too. The juniper's a little hardier, or the or the columnar spruce. If you're looking for a narrower evergreen. Yeah, I was kind of looking for something that um, was like a privacy screen. Sort yeah, of. 
I think uh, unless you've got your vacation cottage in Kelowna. No. <laughs> Um, the, no, but the columnar spruce, they can create that as well. Um, Swedish columnar aspens work well. Um, you can use some of the deciduous trees as well, but I, it, it's tough to get the evergreens uh, and the, the growth rate. It's just slower here in Alberta. Like it just, it does take a while and you're starting at that six feet to get a cedar. You're sort of into the eight, 10 feet. You're kind of 10 years, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. It just takes a while. So. Uh do they take fertilizer afterwards? Absolutely. They 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 love the thirty ten ten. Um, that is a great fertilizer. Okay. Well, thank you. Alrighty. You bet. You have a good day. Thanks, Eleanor. Bye bye. Bye bye. Take care. Yeah, nice to have our folks calling in from uh, from Medicine Hat and the different parts of Alberta. We like to. I think we reach down quite a ways, and we're going to go to Bill. Sounds like we have a reoccurring. Systemic thing here. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? Absolutely. How can I help you? Well, we've got. Uh, we moved into a bungalow in uh, in Calgary, and there's a there's a lot of Catoniaster hedge. Yeah. There's about a hundred feet down one of outside of our lot, and thirty yeah. at the back. And the owners hadn't looked after it well. Yeah. Some of it has that. Sh- the, the neighbors called it this oyster shell scale. Yeah. Some of it just isn't looked after well. If I cut it back to about four or five inches from the ground, will it come back better? Absolutely. And if it's really bad, I would just do it now um, or wait till sort of March, April, something like that, no later than, than April, and just cut it all right down to the ground. And just and when if you make sure you have a nice sharp chainsaw or whatever you're using to cut it, and then just go after and, and tidy it up, and then clean up really everything really well, like all the leaves and everything, because that's where the scale. And then at that point, when it starts leafing out, you can give it a shot of the pure spray green, and then and again later on in in July, you can give it another shot of it as well. And just make sure you put the soaker hose on it really well, and then a fertilizer like a twenty 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 something like that, just to give it a good boost. And you'll see a tremendous growth the first year. Okay. Well, it will a wood chipper. Uh, if I rent a wood chipper, will that take care of the branches? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Thanks a lot. Alrighty. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Yeah, that's a that's a fairly big one. So uh, right now I'm I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons, and I'm going to go quickly to a text line here. Merle, about six years ago, my daughter brought home a spruce seedling from school. She wanted to plant it. We thought we'd put it in a safe spot amongst some other trees, and it's thrived. It's now close to six feet, six and a half feet high. Um, what I would do with that is now we're getting into fall, so around September, October, or early spring, you can just... You can dig it out. Try and get as much root ball as you possibly can. Go all the way around the trunk. Um, go out about 18 inches. And if you have a spot in the yard, pre-dig that hole bigger. Sort of dig a hole sort of at least two feet by two feet by two feet deep width, depth. Um, and then lift that spruce out of the out of the hole when you after you get it out. Put it onto a tarp. Slide it over to the new hole. Put it in. I would get some mics. Um, mycorrhiza and rub it all over the roots and then replant it, water it in really well and hopefully that should live for you. But just be careful, try and get as much root ball as you can and don't disturb it and that would be my my thought on that. 
And right now, I bought this lilac tree from you last year. It is growing but didn't bloom this year. I recently noticed the leaves turning purple. Um, thank you, Brian. That, yeah, that's an ivory silk, I believe. And they do sometimes get that purple leaf in them. Um, and I'm not sure exactly what it is. It's it's not really a fungus or anything bad. Um, typically, they'll set bud in the right after they bloom. So hopefully you'll set bud now, feed it with 15, 30, 15, and then hopefully that will uh, get you uh, some blooms next year. And and don't forget about the windmill and medicine that too. Not too many trees left, but in May the tree lot is stuck. Absolutely. Um, here's a shout out to the windmill, to all the people down there in Medicine Hat. There's another garden center down there as well. All right now I'm going to go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with... Mark, he's calling us from down Medicine Hat as well. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Merle. Oh. I'm actually Lethbridge. Oh, Lethbridge. Sorry. Yeah. No worries. No. Uh oh, messed that up badly. <laughs> <laughs> the windy city, LA. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been windy up here. Oh, really? So, how, so yesterday uh, the ISA and this is the Prairie chapter. Yep. So the Prairie chapter every year, or well, every year every chapter has uh, their. Uh, climate competition to qualify for internationals. Yeah, and today or yesterday and today is the Prairie chapter. So yesterday was the prelims. So there's five events, and then the top four men um, qualified to go to the Masters today, and then top two women go to Masters today as well. Nice. Yep. And so that uh, what what time does that go on? Um, it's starting like right around now. Um, okay. I'm actually running a little behind here, trying to get my family out of the hotel. <laughs> a little guy, but uh, yeah, we're heading there now, and uh, should be a lot of fun. It's at Kinsman Park. If anybody from Lethbridge is listening, it's it's so awesome to see these people train for these, and and they're just really athletic, and it's a lot of fun to watch, and it's. And it's, it's amazing the the safety that's involved too, like strap oh, ropes and things. Absolutely. And I know you guys were practicing on Friday, and the the crew in the tree lot thought you had an emergency because they seen Chris dangling from the from the bucket truck. Yeah, he was uh, practicing <laughs> his uh, sixty foot ascent, and uh, they got a, they got a little bit worried. But uh, no, Chris, Chris definitely knows what he's doing. He had a really good day yesterday. Awesome, uh, representing Prune it up and. Uh, and really this, proud of him. He he did really really well. And, uh, absolutely, it's, it's, it's so great to see um, everybody in the industry up there because everyone's giving each other advice. Like it is a competition, but everybody just really supports one another, and it's it's so great to see. Yeah, no, and it's and it's because it, you want to see a great climber, right? When you watch somebody, I know I've gone to the job site with you guys a few times, and I watch you guys up there, and it's just like it's it's fun to watch. It's just it's it's this great, and you see it's team, and I know when you guys cut a branch off, you yell hey, and then everyone says hey. So you, if you know you have five people on your crew, everybody you hear the five things or three things, three voices, then you know it's safe to drop it. Just all kind. Of, I, I was just so I'm impressed with that whole. Um, yeah, occupation and, it's, it's, and because it's trying to be a, a standard across the board with, with all companies and, and you know if everybody gets on the same page and it's just it, it's it's safety is key right yeah so and for yeah, prun, for prune it up this was our first year being involved in the climbing and we were we yeah, uh, we, we sponsored one event uh, actually we sponsored for the the climbers the water bottle and 
Nice. Yeah, we we're trying to get our name out there and, and and you know just be real positive in the in the industry. Yeah, we want to give back and be part of it because it's like you said, it's a huge networking and you and you learn from when you're at those competitions. You sort of see how maybe somebody does something a little different than us, yeah. um, and that that's awesome. So it's great to be part of that. So. Congrats to the team down there, Mark, and thanks for for bringing it up and bringing the guys down there and looking after all that. So I appreciate it. It's been a blast, and uh, like I said, if anybody's in Lethbridge, they should really check it out. It's it's a lot of fun. It's at Kingsman Park, and you you'll see some really great tree climbing today. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. Not a problem. Have a good day. You too. Bye bye. Awesome. That's uh, Mark down in Lethbridge at the tree climbing down in Kinsman Park. If anybody's down there, you want to check it out. Let's go to Irene. We're going to check out her Hawthorne. Good morning, Irene. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? I have a 19-year-old Hawthorne tree okay. that was very healthy in the spring and early summer. Mm-hmm. Now, within the last month, it's looking sick. The leaves aren't, they just don't <coughs> look as big, and there are leaves just scattered around throughout the entire tree that are drying up. Mm-hmm. Now, I, last Thursday, I was in your shop, and uh, they decided it was not fire blight. Okay. Um, typically, the fire blight will be on the tips, and it usually happens earlier in the season. Yes, that's what she said. Yeah. So what? Um, the only thing I can think, if it's getting larger, um, it could be this lack of lack of moisture, lack of nourishment as well. I'm not sure if it's on a regular feeding program. Well, um, moisture, I think it has enough because there's moss growing on the bottom of it. Okay. Um, again, but this sometimes on the this the slow deep water and possibly feeding um, would be a thing. If the leaves are are they just turning yellow or brown? No, they're brown tur- and then they curl up and fall off. Hmm. And do you have any junipers around? You're not seeing any of that uh, um, any blobs of of goop on them or anything, eh? No, no. And I looked at the trunk and there's there are no lesions. Nothing's leaking out. The only thing on the lower part of the trunk, there's like a gray granular, tiny, tiny patches on it. Hmm. And I think that's fairly normal on the hawthorn. They get that um, um, blotchy on the trunk. I'm just looking up a couple things um, on what what is and leaf spots on on the hawthorn, um, but. I'm assume, I'm I'm just assuming it's this lack la, lacking a bit of fertilizer. Okay. And if it hasn't been, it, like I said, the, there is a leaf blight. But again, if you, is it is it is the ground really wet on there? Um. Well, it, it, I really watered it a lot. Yes, it was wet. Okay. okay. Hey, I'm going to just put you on hold, and I'll come back to you, and we'll just finish up after the break. Okay. And uh, we got to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go back to Irene. Irene, I've I've looked at a bit. I think I would just, I would leave it for this fall. Like Just clean up any of the branching that's fallen off in that. Mm -hmm. And just do a really good cleanup. Give it a good... Uh, you can even fertilize like with a zero ten ten or something right now, or give it a shot of Rage Plus. Oh, okay, I have Rage Plus. Yeah, give it a shot of Rage Plus, and then just see what it does next spring and and when it leaves out. But just ensure you give it a good slow deep watering going into into fall here, mm-hmm. and and again next spring, and uh, and then see what it does. Okay, I forgot to mention that there is a tree 
uh, on our block that uh, had the same leaf problem, and I walk by it every, every day in my walks, and it is just about dead now. Okay. All he did was cut off. He cut the top of the tree off. Oh. It's, it's a sight. Yeah. So it isn't a bacteria or anything like that. I, d- I don't think so, but without seeing, like, in, unless, uh, without totally seeing it. Right. Um, it's hard to tell. Um, if you, if you can text me a picture to the same number or, but I, I don't think it is. It sounds like Hawthorns do get, little brown spots and things like that. They're one of those, they're not a perfect specimen tree for the whole season. Okay. They always have a little something going on. Okay. Alrighty. Okay, so I'll wait till next spring and yep. see what happens. Absolutely. Okay, thanks a Thank lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, and we're going to go to Paul. Good morning, Paul. Hi, how are you today? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, my tomato plants seem to have black flies, I guess. Yeah. All over the stalk and the leaves. Yeah. Are they little flies or they do they look like an aphid? Well, they could be an aphid. Yeah, there is there's black they're aphids black with wings. Yeah. Okay. They're, that's probably more fungus gnats. The aphids sometimes the black ones look like um they they look like little flies. Um so what I'd do is just kind of hose them off or, or you can use a product called Pure Spray Green. Um, but I would just get like your uni nozzle and just spray them off as as good as you can, and uh, and that should help out. And just watch the water. Watch to make sure you're not watering too much. Okay, so cut back on the watering. A little bit. Well, the tomatoes they, they don't like to be really wet, and t- sometimes if you're seeing lots of those little black flies, it could be fungus gnats, and that's just an indication you might be keeping them a little bit too wet. Okay, yeah, because the leaves are starting to look like they're being eaten away. Too. Yeah, so just I would either pure spray green or, like I said, just sort of lay it on its side and get the uni nozzle on your hose and then just give it a good wash. But you might need to do it every two or three days because okay. they, they just come back right away. So Yeah, because otherwise the tomatoes lots on them. So. Awesome. Yeah, so right. just, just okay, do that. You, All right, good luck. Okay. Bye-bye. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, and I just had a text, and I haven't seen this for a bit, so it's a bit concerning. Um, bronze leaves, I have three columnar aspens, four-year-old, bought at the same time. Two are growing well, the other is struggling. And they, I'm almost positive this is bronze leaf disease. It has the green veins. Um, I would just try and cut that out, clean your cutters in between, and dispose of it, um, all the affected areas. Don't just leave them because so, it is fairly, it is contagious. Um, so just make proper cuts and uh, and look after that. Yeah, I haven't seen that for a bit. It, it was around a couple of years ago, um, so it's not great um, seeing it again. It can affect all of them. So it, like I said, it is contagious. So that needs to be cut out and, and dealt with. And if you're not able to do it yourself, give a certified arborist a shout, and then they can come look after that for you as well. I know Mark and the team at Spruce It Up or Prune It Up would be more than happy to have a have a look at it with you. And I'm going to go to Al. He has a high bush cranberry. Good morning, Al. Uh, good morning, Merle. How can I help you? Uh, first of all, I'd like to say uh, hello to Kevin and Melody so they don't have to phone me later and tell me they heard me on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, Kevin. Hi, Melody. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I just... This tree is about 20 years old now, and I've finally got great production this year. Yeah. Uh, giving it lots of water because it likes to grow on riverbanks in mm-hmm. Manitoba. Mm-hmm. And 
and the squirrels just <laughs> stripped it. Yeah. They took every last one. Well, they're thankful that you got that uh, buffet for them, eh? I know. Well, they took a few here and there, and then suddenly overnight, the rest of them. Yeah. They did the same with the tomatoes. They took one, two, and then one morning, nothing. They were yeah. all gone. They grabbed but, the whole gang and said, let's let's go to Al's place. He's got the buffet set up for us. And they like them green, too. <laughs> before I get, yeah, they're not I get fussy. There. They're not fussy. Yeah. And they're also eating the buds off the spruce tree. They hang on the end of the spruce tree and, and nibble the, the new fresh buds off. Really? I, I haven't seen the squirrels do that. Oh. Um, like t- typically, that spruce budworm is when I see the ends of spruce trees getting eaten. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, these are dropped all over the all over the deck, so I can definitely and I see them hanging there. Yeah, and they made a big mess of that. So there is a product called Bobex that you can spray on yeah. on those things. Um, the only thing sometimes I don't like spraying it on edibles because it does taste. Yeah, not I'm great. not gonna I'm not gonna bother with any of that. But my my well, not really a question. Um, I'm just wondering. There aren't many high bush cranberries, but it makes the very best jelly ever. And I was looking forward to it this year. It's like getting blood out of a rock. It's hard. There's, there's not much juice in them. <laughs> yeah, but the jelly is incredible. Yeah, I was gonna and say. I, I was gonna say to get jelly, you got to be. Yeah. You need a canner juicer. You yeah. Need a, need a, counter juicer to get the juice out but i'm wondering if there's anybody that has a nice tree that's loaded and that's not going to use their <laughs> their cranberries and i'd be willing to come over and uh, alleviate that tree with my ladder and uh, do a nice job and and help them out with uh, taking the berries all right i will i'll put that out there okay. you just did if anybody calls in we'll hook you guys up we'll get the con to get the contacts from you okay. and al i'll put you back on hold and gord will get your contact Wonderful. and if if someone else calls yeah. Because you don't see a lot of cranberries that high, so I'm, I'm impressed that you no. got it that high. Well, it's, it's, it's called a high bush cranberry, okay. uh, but I have, to yeah. keep it, I have to keep it trimmed. I have to keep the top trimmed down, otherwise it'll get too high. Okay. Unpickable. All right. Okay. Thanks. Great. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. All right. And I'm going to go to the phone lines, and I'm going to chat. Where am I at for time? i got some enough time. I'm going to go to Sid- Cindy, and she's in Chestermere. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? I think my question was probably answered by your earlier text regarding BLD. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to confirm that there is still currently no chemical controls. I um, think all of my 20 trees are um, infected. Uh, yeah, it's quite contagious, and that's the problem. Um, yeah. Um, have you had it for a couple of years, the bronze leaf, or...? I know. Yeah, it, it's, it can go away. Like, I've seen it. I just, I don't like saying to leave it if it's really bad. Um, but I have seen it cut out, and but I've seen it left, and then it doesn't come back the following year. Um, but it, it's a tough one. And if you get in, if you, if you think all of yours are affected, I would probably have an arborist come out and assess it. And you, are you seeing the green veins, like a dark brown, like almost a light milk chocolate look and with the green veins? It's more, um, like the, tr- the leaves actually feel leathery. Yeah. But it, the main thing is what you'll see is the green leaves are the green veins still in it. Like when it's brown, so it's still alive. So it's not crispy and it's, um, you'll see the green veins through it. Yes. I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, I would probably get an arborist out to have a look okay. and okay. assess it. Hopefully it's, uh, not too, too bad. Okay, so no chemical controls not, yet. Um, I'm not sure on the on the commercial side. 
Um, right. That's why I'll, I'll have to let Mark, um, the guys from our Pruned It Up guys, they know more on the commercial what they're allowed to use right now. It changes so rapidly. These guys keep up on it. I, I don't. Okay. Um, okay. I'm on the retail guy, and I know we can't sell anything that for that. So Excellent. Thank you for your help. All right. Thank you. Have a nice day. You as well. Thanks, Indy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's largest full-service garden center with everything you need for your gardening needs inside and out. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Right now, another thing, we've had a request for uh, a Brad the Birdman to come back. So Brad's going to give us a show here in a bit. And, uh, and join us. I know. He's been sought after, people requesting Brad the Birdman. So Brad's going to give us a shout with birding tips for the season. And uh, and we'll see how that goes with Brad. He's going to give us some, some handy-dandy tips on birding. And I got Carolyn calling in or texting from Vernon. Good morning. Is Carolyn from Vernon? I planted beefsteak, tomatoes, and containers in a soil mix. I've been fertilizing regular with 9-11-11 with kelp. And I'm finding the tomatoes are ripening but they are not getting big the way beefsteak tomatoes. Should we be, should we, should we be doing any invite? Oh, on how to get bigger tomatoes? Huh. Um. I'm just trying to think. Uh, nine, eleven, eleven. So you don't have too much nitrogen. You have the middle numbers. Um. That should be it. You maybe want to hit them. Maybe go with a twenty twenty twenty. Maybe get a little bit more push on the on the larger fruit and the bit more growth on the uppers. So maybe try a twenty twenty twenty. Um, the only thing is, and if you have them in large enough pots and consistent watering, yeah, I'm not sure, Carolyn. It sounds like you were doing everything right. Lots of sun, and I know you're an avid gardener. So the only thing I could think of is maybe. Um, it's a different variety. Maybe it's a little bit smaller variety. Um, I'm not hundred percent, but sounds like you're uh, you're you're on the right track. So, anyways, I'm gonna go to Diana. She has some hawthorns as well. Good morning, Diana. Hi. Good morning. Got a toba hawthorn. It. Uh, I sent a text with a picture earlier. It uh, has got what looks like a little tiny slug on the leaves, and the leaves are turning really brown. Okay. I'm just going through. And translucent, so they're really chewing them up. Yeah. So what I would do is we have a product called BTK. If you have if you have little maggots and worms and stuff on there, it works really well on that kind of thing. Okay. And you just put it into a hose and sprayer and give it a spray. I don't think I received that picture for some reason. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm just going through all my texts, and I don't recall seeing. I have someone that sent me one. This is Debbie. She asked if this was a Saskatoon tree, but she has some of the most gorgeous um, hawthorn leaves, and it's not a Saskatoon, but gorgeous hawthorn. Um, but, yeah, no, I have lilacs, cucumbers. But no hawthorn? No hawthorn from you. I'm sorry. Well, it's a tiny little, it's a, it's a slug. Okay. But it's tiny. It's I know in the news they were talking, and it's funny because I was uh, at, at my house, and then I had a slug on the side of the house, and then on the news that same day on Global, they were talking about a um, 
a slug infestation in South Calgary. So um, all kinds of slugs. But you can like you can use the BTK pure spray green on it if you want, or you can just hose them off if there's not too many, and okay. uh, and see what that uh, that will do for you. Okay. Alrighty. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And I got Tom. He's uh, calling in for texting from Sundance. Good morning, Merle. This picture may not be the best, but by judging by the sparse foliage, this 15-year-old crab bubble looks like it's had its day. Um, what I would do is, I, Tom, I would get it pruned. There seems to be lots of dead, damaged, disease branching. I would get it tidied up with a proper pruning and and get it on the fertilizer program. And uh, and a slow deep watering with that one, it just needs to be limbed up and 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 tightened up, and I think we can rejuvenate that uh, that apple for you. So I'd give our guys down at, at prune it up a shout and uh, see what you can get from them and get that tree on into the into some better form to perform a little better for you. And right now I'm just going to go. Do did I take a break already? Am I good? All right, all right, then I'm good till the end of the hour. Awesome. And I'm going to go to Brad, the Birdman. Good morning, Brad. Morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. Uh, we had a sp- we've had requests for you to come back on air, so we pulled you out of the bird nest and uh, brought you on air here, and he's ready to uh, give us give us all the information that uh, all us birders are looking for. So we we are heading into we always see a steady stream of bird people coming into into spruce it up into our birding department, and so sort of what what should be people be doing at this time of year for their birds? Uh, well, just uh, lately, I don't know. In the mornings, it's been a lot cooler, and like I've noticed, like lots of heavy dew on the the vehicle windshields, and that's a sign to the birds that they're going to start uh, needing to get a lot more energy yeah. and that just helps them stay warm and they get the energy and the oil they get that from all of the nut mixes so yeah. peanuts or sunflower kernel and so you should start noticing as the nights get cooler the feeders are going down a little bit quicker because they're eating more yeah. um just needing the energy and then but you also lose some birds too like pretty soon the american goldfinches will be gone and stuff like that because they're heading to warmer climates and stuff like that and one thing I've noticed when you do feed, I know you have some feeders set up at, at, at the garden center and the amount of birds you see when you do feed, you see, you start seeing those different varieties of birds. Like we've seen a ton of finches, the different woodpeckers yeah. and all kinds of different birds that you normally don't get if you're not feeding, I don't think. No, you don't. Like if you, um, everyone's going to have sparrows, that's just normal. Um, but once you start feeding, you're going to like, you'll get pine, siskins, chickadees, of course. Uh, nut hatches like crazy. Of course, mostly woodpeckers, but mostly the downy woodpeckers. Yeah. Those are the little guys, and uh, all kinds of red poles and uh, the uh, house finch. House finch are really nice. They got like kind of the purpley red heads. Yeah. So they're nice, and most of those all stick around for the winter. So don't think that come fall and the snow's flying to stop feeding. You'll uh, you'll get all those throughout the winter, and uh, mostly sparrows, mostly chickadees, and nut hatches. But you do get all those other ones as well. And uh, and it's like I say, it's very important to keep feeding them, um, especially the sunflower kernel. And the good thing about the kernel is that every bird that is a songbird like like the kernel, and there's no waste because any of it falls to the ground. 
any of it falls to the ground, the other birds clean it up. Sparrows are typically ground feeders, so yeah. they will clean up any kind of mess. Yeah, sure. you're not getting any sunflowers growing underneath your feeder, and if you're using that the the cheap feed, yeah. I remember doing that once before many years ago, and I end up with a bunch of things just growing all over around your bird feeder. It just makes you not want to do it anymore. So. Totally. Like, the millet's really bad. You get all kinds of growth, and then what happens is the birds don't like it. It gets wet, gets hot. And then it starts to uh, mold, and then that's the last thing you want because then the birds will take off. Absolutely. So going into winter, ensuring that they like uh, make sure they have drinks and and yep. get them into that uh, into the sunflower kernel, which is great because it helps build the oil up in their feathers and all that other fun stuff. As well, and suet too. Suet's a big one as well. Okay. Suet is loaded with uh, oil and stuff like that for energy, and the birds love it. And uh, you can get all kinds. You get fruit mix. You can get Nut mix, um, you can get high energy mix, you can even get uh, mealworm mix, um, stuff like that. So, okay, yeah, awesome, it's, uh, it's good, awesome. All right, and what about housing like just a good birdhouse that you can clean out? What sort of recommendations yeah. there? Just make sure that when you're got buying a birdhouse, you can get some decorative ones. Like, we have some nice cedar ones here that have different faces, like look like a deer or look like a moose or a pig or yeah. whatever birdhouse is the size of the hole that will attract the size of bird you want um a bird won't go in a hole too big because then predators can come in and get them so that's the key so if you're looking to feed or sorry how's a bluebird which i guess you wouldn't at this time of year because they're not here but um you get the a, a hole that will fit them and then the little birds won't go in there yeah yeah you, so don't, you don't drill a four inch hole because then the predators can come in the magpies or whoever else come in and for and sure snatch them yeah, no, 100%. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks, Brad. Okay, we'll talk soon. All right, Take join care. us again for another episode of Brad the Birdman coming soon. All right, thanks, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotta love it, gotta love it. And I got one thing here quick before the break. Our mugle pine has gone from lovely green to yellow. What's happening, Shirley? Um, it's a normal process. I notice in our tree lot that's starting to do it. Do not be alarmed. All your pines... And not all of them do it exactly the same time, but it, this is the time of year when they go through the natural shedding process. So I'm going to get a lot of calls and people wondering what's going on with my pine. If it's in the inner part of your pine tree, it's a normal process. So don't be alarmed. Don't be worried. Um, it, it's a natural process. They go through that every three years, and you should be good. But right now I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to Anne. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Merle. Hi. How can I help you? I have a Elysium border in my flower bed, and it's a beautiful border. Now, one after the other plant is um, dying off. So I pulled one bush out to inspect the roots, and it's little wiggly worms, ugly. You yeah, know? It, what it uh, is, it's a weevil is getting in there and eating it from the inside out. Is that right? Yeah, uh, and there is a um, there's a nematode um, that we can get, but it won't be till next spring to get that uh, to go after them. There was a thing on the news. In Calgary, there's quite a bit of this weevil, and they're bringing in this nematode to help go after them. 
Uh-huh. And uh, it, it just eats some, typically goes after after some of the willows, like the wolf willow and things like that as well. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, that's, um, all you can do is really a good soil drench. You can try that um, um, with water and then just, then you could, you could use an ambush or a malathion or something, try and get the ones that aren't in the branches already and yeah. just do a soil drench around your shrubs. Mm-hmm. And and see how that helps, but it's uh, one of those systemic things. So, all right. Yes, I, I tell you what I did. I put a garden dust, a CIL dust, yep. garden dust on top of the soil. Yep. Will that also help me? That that will help because it'll get worked its way in. Is it the insecticide one? It must be an older one that you had from before. The insecticide. Yeah. One. Yeah, it's an older one. Yep. Yep. No, that should help out. So will it drench down into? Yeah, the- I would give it. I would put a soaker hose or something on there, help it get down there. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. In the meantime, I have to wait until next year. I'll yeah, and the- when we're getting these nematodes in, that can help with go after that. But treat it a couple times with that dust, and and ambush or malathion or something, and do a soil drench on there and see if that helps. Okay. All okay. right. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's it's getting tougher and uh, and uh, dealing with some of these critters that are coming in. Sometimes they come in with the new varieties of plants that we brought bring in as well. And also I got a text from, um, from Sharon from Thorncliffe that was from a hawthorn that was planted last year. Um, I would just I would just ensure it looks like it's going into a little bit of shock. Um and it could be a little bit hawthorns. Um, they're fairly susceptible, and with the amount of rain we had, if it comes at the right time, we do get a little bit of a leaf blight on them, and they they get affect with some of the moisture on the leaves. So what I would do with that one is this: ensure good watering. I would give it a shot of Rage Plus, and uh, and see how that helps out, Sharon. And the next spring, I would hit it with fifteen thirty fifteen fertilizer. And uh, and a good solid watering, and then fifteen thirty fifteen two or three times. Sort of if you do it May first, do it again on the fifteenth, and again on the thirtieth of May, and uh, hopefully that should help out grow that out, get some nice healthy growth going on that. Because you have lots of good, like looks like the new growth is coming out nice. It's just the older leaves are just getting marked up and stuff like that. So hopefully that should be fine. And I'm going to go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Dale. Good morning, Dale. Uh, thank you. How can I help you? I have a branch of an apple tree mm-hmm. over in my yard. Okay. And uh, I don't have any use for these apples, but if uh, somebody wanted to come and take these apples, they, they can come and take them. Okay. I, I, it's a little early yet. Uh, they're not quite ready. What type of apples are they? Do you uh, know? Do you know? I, I honestly don't. Are they like a bigger or a smaller crab apple? or? Um, well, they're... The size of a mandarin orange or a little bit bigger? How about that? Yeah? Yeah, how about that? Yeah, okay. Uh, so that's a decent-sized decent crab apple. So uh, go ahead, take them. Uh, you'd get about, uh, you know, like a bag out of Safeway or Co-op, the uh, plastic bags? Yeah. You'd get about three, you'd get three of them. Yeah. What I would do um, when, they, when they're a little bit closer being ready is just put a, a quick little ad on Kijiji or whatever or something like that. Or if you call in, we can we can put out your name. Number. It's just 
um, for that is I found that works out well. Or I've seen some people pick them and put the bags out on a fence post or something and just say free to people, and uh, and let them take them that way as well. Yeah, I haven't tried that, but I tried the applesauce. I done the, the apple pies. <laughs> uh, there's nothing wrong with them. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, it's just a little early in the year. Yeah. yeah. So maybe give us a shout or try that uh, that way of uh, or a little bit of. Uh, uh, the Kijiji or maybe something like that and, and see if someone... I know there used to be a thing called Calgary Harvest. There is a cider company, if you look up. They are they are sending out people to pick apples, I hear. Um, they make cider here in Calgary, so they're looking for apples as well. And I'm gonna, I'll try to find them and get them on air next week or something and see if they'll... If anybody knows of that company, um, send them my contact and uh, let's talk gardening at siugc.ca and we'll try and hook them up with some of the people that have extra apples yes i listen to your show every sunday thank you so much i had uh, one other question okay uh, do you ever notice about the older neighborhoods in the city yeah uh, they're cutting down their trees uh, a little bit if they're getting overgrown into certain areas yeah the trees are bigger than the house yeah no it's something that's planted in the wrong spot and they've just overtaken um, sometimes um, we definitely get in and if we get into a place, we try to recommend um, thinning out or or certain trees need to come out because they become quite dangerous. Like we had one um, last week where there was five spruce trees in between two houses and the spruce trees were like 20 feet higher than the houses, but in between two. So it just becomes quite a danger as well. So, I have a spruce tree out in front of my house. Yeah, I don't know whether it's spruce or pine. Uh, short needles, it's a spruce. If it has real long needles, it's a pine. Sorry. Yeah, short needles is spruce, long needles is pine. But if they pulled that tree out of the ground, it would take my entire lawn <laughs> in these older neighborhoods. Like- yeah, no, they're gorgeous, <clears throat> and I hopefully they can keep them. But the thing is, um, there's been a lot of our canopy is getting decimated with just not proper care and the city really really and I was hoping not to really get on my rant this week but the city our canopy is is one of the worst in North America for trees so I really hope they look at what they're doing the amount of bad trees and I, I don't know why they try to prune them like I just went through Chaparral and Sundance on that strip when you drive all along Chaparral Boulevard into Sun Sun Valley Boulevard it's just I don't even know why they try to save the trees and they're planted like 10 feet apart. It's horrible. Like it, and those diseases spread to other trees. It's, it's, um, it's nasty. I'm, uh, I'm down in Ogden. Yep. <clears throat> That's older than Chaparral. Yep. So, but there's some great trees I, out there. I noticed they're, they're cutting the trees down, but they're not replacing them. Yeah. But, um, homeowners, I guess, in some of those older areas, yeah, the trees, depending on what shape they're in. So it does happen. Um, yeah. Thanks, Dale. All right. Thank Bye-bye. you. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And we do have someone who's interested. If you have some extra apples, if you want to call in, and we'll just take your contact, and uh, Gord will pass on the other person's contact. And uh, and if you're interested, like I said, I'm going to try and see if I can find that cider company for next week and uh, see if they'll come on and talk about making cider and also if they need any uh, fruit 
to help them with their process. And I got Marnie. She says, I have oyster shell. What do, when do I cut down my ketoneaster? If it's really bad, I would cut it down right away. Make sure you do a really, really good cleanup. If it's just starting to get in there, I would wait until early, early spring. Let all the energy from the good leaves and that get down into the root system. And then that way next spring you can uh, cut it back sort of March and then all that energy will go into new growth and and uh, get it onto a treatment of the pure spray green as well, which you can pick up at uh, Spruce It Up. And also, where else we got here for text? Hawthorns and junipers are not compatible. Otherwise, you end up with hawthorn juniper rust. Absolutely. It, uh, it becomes a goop on your junipers and on your hawthorns. So typically, if they're planted real close together, that it's just, uh, something that happens, a synergy between those two. Um, that will create a cedar apple rust, and it's uh, nasty-looking stuff that ends up on your junipers and your and your hawthorns. And I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Brian. Good morning, Brian. Merle, how you doing, bud? Good, good. How are you? Very well. How's your summer been? Uh, it's been not bad, not bad. I can't believe how fast it's gone, and uh, and uh, we're heading into September next weekend. Yeah, you bet. Well, one of our kids <laughs> got their driver's license, so that's scary. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, nice. I was on hold. Uh, Riva Las Vegas had a question for you outside of mine. Yeah, okay. Uh, when should she put her bulbs in? Um, I I like to wait a little bit. Wait until mid-September. Pick up your ones that uh, we're, I know we're getting ours in this coming week. But I, I like to wait until it cools off a little bit. That way they don't start growing or anything in the ground or, or desiccated. Keep them in a cool, dark place. And yeah. uh, sort of mid to end September is a great time to start planting your bulbs. Okay. She's waving at me here. So your bulbs are coming in next week? Yep, next week. Okay. So back to my question. Yep. Um, I've got about 30 new, well, they're about a year old now, blue yep. spruce. Yep. And I deep watered them last, uh, end of September. Yeah. But because of this goofy weather and the wind we're getting, should I do it now and then again? Absolutely. Absolutely. If they're that newly planted, I would, I would give them a couple shots before freeze up. Um, and I, if you're, if you're able, if you have that many, hook up that drip system and yeah. and water them really well now, and I, I would sort of give them every couple of weeks until freeze up. Depends what our fall like. If we get a really dry fall again into winter, it's just nice to get that moisture into the ground for them. No, I appreciate that because I mean I got lucky last year when it turned out to be forty eight below there for you know yeah. however long that was, right? Yeah, so. yeah. You're lucky you didn't get too much burn. I know a lot of the spruce farms and stuff like that in southern Alberta here. Uh, they had a lot of winter burn, a lot of freeze dried spruce trees. So, okay, man. Well, listen, I appreciate it. And Thanks, Brian. Shoot me a text or we're pickling today. So this awesome. Good, coming your way. Awesome. Take care, buddy. Thank you. Bye, bye. All right, and where are we at for time? I'm going to do a couple of texts, and then we'll kick a quick break. I took the leap and planted a blue Himalayan poppy this year. What should I this year to increase my chance of it coming back? I don't tend to do anything special to my perennials in my yard for winter prep. Thank you. Love your show. Well, the biggest thing is is ensure that it gets watered in well going into fall. I would put a little bit of uh, mulch around it, either the sea soil the hemp I talked about earlier, cocoa moss, use that as a mulch, as a cover, put it on dry, cover it up really well after you've watered it in when we get into the later September, October after it's totally died back. 
And and that should be good. And don't cut it back or anything. Let it just die back, cover itself up, and then put some extra cover on it. And uh, that should definitely help out. So hopefully and it comes back. Because those are gorgeous if you can get that uh, those blue poppies coming back. It's so nice. And I got a couple spots on the phone lines. If you want to join me for the last thing after the break here, you can call me 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. That is our talk and text. And I'll take to Francis uh, right after this break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I got a link sent to me, which is great. It's called Calgary Harvest. Find it, pick it, share it, eat it. And what it is, you can sign up your tree if you have extra fruit in that that you're not going to use. You can go on there, and you can put your tree on there. Or if you want to pick, you can uh, go on there, and you can find out where the trees are in town and set up a picking time. Um, I'm going to definitely get these guys on air next week as well, hopefully. And uh, I would definitely uh, give them a shout. It looks like a great program. I wasn't too sure if it was still on. It's nice to see that it is. And uh, and it's great to have this uh, available for us here in Calgary. Because I know some of our fruit can get crazy, the amount we have. And uh, and if you're not going to use it, it's nice to share with that somebody who will. So thanks for sharing that uh, link with me. And right now I'm going to go to Francis. Good morning, Francis. Morning. How can I help you? A small area of fertilizer burn on my lawn. What action? Um, I would just, did it just get clumped on there and burnt? Yeah. Yeah. Just remove that, remove as much as the fertilizer as you can, and really just give it a good raking. It'll grow back in fairly quickly. Um, if it's just a small little spot... You can rake it out really good. Put a little bit of soil and a little bit of grass seed if it if you if you think it that is warranted. But a lot of times I see it grow out of it fairly quickly. Okay, well I really appreciate that, Merle, and thank you. You're very welcome, and okay. uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, it, it you should be totally fine. Okay, thank you, sir. Thank you. Have a good Bye. one. Bye bye. All right, and I got time for one more here. I'm going to go to Ella. Good morning, Ella. Oh. Good morning. I'm glad that I was able to uh, catch you. I bought a raspberry bush this year, and uh, imagine a week ago I noticed that there are small, uh, what is it called, fruits on it. Yep. Now, do you think it's going to mature? Um, there is enough time for that, or... Um, I, I would think that there very well could be. We're still right at the end of August, so typically we have all of September. Um, going into yeah. so hopefully you'll get that matured up and have some gorgeous and it'll be sweeter than normal because it'll sweeter. be yeah because it's the cooler nights and that yeah. it, it sends up big. That is such a surprise when I when I noticed it. Now um, there is a, another question. Uh, I was feeding it with fifteen, thirty, fifteen, Perfect. I think, right? Yep. But I have to tell you that fertilizer is perhaps twenty years old. Is it still? Working, 
I, I would think it, it it probably is. Like if it's been yeah. kept in a dry spot, like it really doesn't go bad. No, I, I I can't remember when I bought it, and I did not use it. I just found it yep. uh, with with the other items. Perfect. No, so, it, it should be fine. It doesn't really go bad. Okay. Um, the only time it goes bad if it's really really hard. But if it if it was workable and that, it you'd is be workable. I perfect. Mean, it's a granule. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Excellent. Thank so you. So you should be totally fine. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Ella. Yeah, no, she uh, did everything right with that for sure. And if you do have some, your main thing was with your chemicals and that, um, you don't want to leave them out in the shed like your Roundups and Killex and things like that. You want to bring them in and put them in a cool, darker place um, in the basement in a safety spot. I like to put them into like some sort of uh, box or a container just so they don't get um, into anything else or people don't get into it, kids and whatnot. Um, but they, if you if they get froze, you can lose the effectiveness of them as well. So you want to store them properly as we're heading into that type of season. And same with your your granulars; they're fine to freeze. It, again, just keeping them in that cool place so they don't get the moisture in them, and uh, and like that. And I'm gonna go back to the texts, and I don't know what um, what I was gonna say. I, I got one text and it says, hi, I'm an amateur farmer, but I'm not sure what he's trying to grow, prop them up to get bigger. Um, Jared from Colony, from Kelowna, sorry, I, I just, you didn't mention what you were growing, so I don't know what, what you have to prop up, so sorry about that. Um, on that, I can't help you on that. It says, morning, can I use pure spray green on my tomato plants? The aphids are all over them. Absolutely. It, um, it's great for that. And then we also trim back our ketoniaster above the ground last fall. They have come back beautifully. When do we spray them? And typically the harvest is in that end of June, beginning of July, when the flies start coming out on, on, the, on those, uh, the scale that affects that. So if you start sort of mid-June, give them a shot once a week. Hopefully you'll hit it on that time. It's it's hard to to do it perfectly on on hitting that uh, on those flies because I know Mark with our pruned up crew they get alerts sent to them. There's a texting that the whole network of arborists and that they they send out a text and they know when the harvest or when the hatch is coming on the certain bugs and certain pests that affect our, a lot of our trees. I'm just trying to go through and see if I mixed any text. I'm sorry if I did. Um, I try to get to all of them. Uh, here's one. I need your advice on some canna lilies, calla lilies. These are the bulbs I've kept over winter for the last couple seasons. The foliage is beautiful and they're in a sunny spot. I fertilize once a month with Rage Plus and lately Bloom Booster with no luck. Huh. The only thing I can think of they should have done well is ensuring that they have lots of, yeah, they're in a sunny spot. So it sounds like you've done everything right. Next year, what I would do is just try to go. And you got the bloom booster. So it sounds like you've done everything right. Just ensure that you don't plant them too deep. Um, that would be the only other thing I would think of because that sometimes that will inhibit the blooming and ensuring that they get good, even watering. So anyways, that's it for us for this week. These two hours will by. Thanks for joining me. And we'll see you next week. We'll be here on the Labor Day. Go Stamps Go. And uh, till then, thanks for listening on 770 CHQR.